We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Lee, the absolute absurdity of this is on display for everyone to see right now. Covers a lot of issues for me. Well, it's in New York. Yeah. Okay. And these illegals who should not be in the country. We want to figure this. You want to solve this problem with these illegals refusing to move out of their luxury hotel? Deport them. Yeah. Dump them in the desert. Not my problem. They shouldn't have come here. Uh, but Joe Biden invited them, so they're here. So that is the cover story today on the New York Post front page. And it, it really does cover it. They say insane, like mm-hmm. I-N-N-S-A-N-E, right. activist stoke migrant refusal to leave hotel for Brooklyn shelter. Listen to the complaints of these illegals, okay? And, and they just had a great news on Fox, on, you know, guest on Fox News saying, listen, I live in New York. People kill themselves working an 80-hour work week just to afford a cheap, nasty, bug-ridden walk-up. That's oh. how expensive it is to live in New York, unless you're an illegal. Listen to what they get, okay? What they're trying to do is <clears throat> move them from a three-star Manhattan hotel to hangar-like living conditions in Brooklyn, H-A-N-G-A-R, so it would be like a group facility, right? you know, uh, cots, head to foot, head to foot. And they're saying, no, no, no. Um, they want to stay at the Watson Hotel on West 57th Street, where they've been housed courtesy of the city. It's a prime location, they and their activists say, in Manhattan, easily accessible to stores and jobs. And they say um, that there's no more than two more to a room. Sometimes uh, they get the entire space themselves in a luxury hotel, including a private bathroom and shower. And it's not fair that they would have to use communal showers and sleep on communal cots. Um, they get all of their food for free at said private luxury hotel. And so the, the spectacle yesterday um, was Ma- Mayor Eric Adams pleading with the illegals, standing on the television screen, screen holding fresh fruit in his hand and saying, listen, the food is free. It's going to be free to hangar. It's good food. See, look at how good the food is. Please go to the hangar. This is illegal. It is illegal for them to be here. We don't have to plead with them. Arrest them and remove them. Instead, you have the mayor of New York begging Joe Biden's voters who should not be here, who are illegal immigrants, trying to reason with them. Look, all right, you don't have a privacy in your own shower, but you still have free food. It's very good. Why are we negotiating with these people? Who the heck are they? And the reason that, the, okay, do you know what the hotel did? By the way, the liberal media is savaging the hotel as being racist. Well, of course. Right? Do you know what? 
as soon as the, they they filed the legals out, the illegals thought they were going to get other luxury, you know, accommodations. Yeah, right. yeah. So, they, so, so it, they they actually got them to leave the hotel, and the hotel locked the doors behind them because they've been trashing a hotel. Well, that's disturbing, but yeah, and so the hotel doesn't want them. And and so now they're demanding a reentry to the hotel at your expense, at my expense. The mayor is of New York is demanding that uh, federal taxpayers pay up. Um, and they're saying, look, you know, um, they, they get a two trip Metro card provided for free. So if you're an illegal immigrant, you get the free accommodations, the free food, your own shower um, and a free Metro card. There, New Yorkers don't even live like that. Well, I mean, if if we as South Carolina tourists decided to visit New York, would we get treated like that with a free room, free food, and no, and travel vouchers? Uh, no, I think not. To ease a space crunch, the city's trying to move these single men uh, to the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal. And again, if you see a picture of it, it's just a bunch of cots, you know, head to toe. But it's nice. It's clean. Um, it's free. The food is free. You know, at a certain level, if you are escaping the terror of your former home nation. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, you you would, at some level, be thankful for any type of safe and, um, You'd think. Uh, you know, free place to stay. And you would probably be understanding that there is a limit to the hospitality and generosity of the uh, welcoming nation. New York Post writes, while... They're talking about the cruise ship terminal while the, that they want to move them to. While the facility boasts stunning views of the water, the shelter space designed to house a 1,000 people is not so glamorous. And the illegals have gotten used to glamorous living, and they think they're entitled to it. The liberal activists told them they were, so they're just camped out on the sidewalk and they won't move. Well, move them. Well, Either you, that, you can't do that as an American citizen. Either that or, as the Trump administration referred to it, remain in Mexico. No, that's crazy. You can't vote for Democrats in Mexico, Lee. You have to come here to do oh, that. Oh, give them time. <laughs> give this administration and our current federal bureaucracy time. There'll probably be a way they'll figure that out. Okay, so listen to the complaint. The bathrooms are clean, they admit, but communal, each featuring eight toilets and four sinks. City Hall sources said there were around 85 or 90 total commodes, but the illegals, again, have had their own potty, so they want their own potty. They don't. They are not going to settle for sharing. Now, now, Tara, at your personal residence, do you have a personal bathroom space? I don't. I, I don't either. I share one with my I spouse. Do too. So, I do, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know. Three bathrooms and five of us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't live like an illegal. Lee, I, I have to work. I'm an American. Um, and they're also upset again about not having private showers. That is an outrage. We are told, um, the men, um, would have to use a communal shower, uh, too. Just like high school students. Yeah. They would actually have to leave the main facility until enter mobile trailers provided for them for free outside to have a shower stall and it's nice and hot. Um, but uh, it is it is not private, and they're saying they they don't they don't appreciate that. Um, and the mayor is is trying to argue from the case. So New York Post quotes this forty two year old illegal immigrant from Venezuela. Quote: The cruise ship terminal is better than the homeless shelter 
where there were a lot of crazy American men <laughs> and American men on drugs. Well, he's right about that. <laughs> so so he's, he doesn't want to stay there because he's American. I mean, those those are American homeless. I mean, those, you know, those are way beneath the illegal immigrant, right? <laughs> so um, he says he can't stay there. And he, so he's admitting, you know, okay, the terminal is much better than Americans give their own homeless citizens, some of whom are veterans. But they've gotten used to the style of living, and they, they can't give it up. <laughs> okay. And you know what's so sad? These are the men, okay? They're moving them to make room for asylum-seeking families with children who will now live in the luxury accommodations. I guess with to quote Tom Petty, you don't have to live like a refugee. Well, yeah. But they're not refugees, Lee. Refugees are people who are legally here, who we are legally offering asylum to because they have been politically persecuted. That is not who these people are. So anyway, I just I've just roared watching Fox yeah, News yeah. with with the mayor, the mayor of of New York standing there begging the illegals to 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 go take the free food and the free showers and the free accommodation somewhere else to please move. As if they have all the power, and we have to hope to convince them. See, I, I, Just I, arrest them and move them off the I will, sidewalk. I will compare this to a high school athlete who get free food because, you know, we've got, you know, free food in schools but basically now, and communal showers. I mean, if you're a high school athlete, you work out, you go to the gym, you go to the uh, go to practice, you've got a communal shower there. How, how is that any different than, than what's being offered? Um. Well... I don't know. But the, I mean, the illegals have been taught that they are victims somehow. And uh, I guess, I don't know. What did they use their brand new, brand spanking new phones to call up some activists to get what they want? The ones that the government gave them? They probably already got the app loaded in there for those attorneys. Oh, I'm sure they did. No, I bet, you know, here's the thing. I bet they actually do because they do get free use of immigration attorneys at your expense. Remember that next time you get a speeding ticket. Good luck with that. So, um, I, I mean, this whole thing just just showcases the the absolute outrage. Um, and Adams says that the the, the new, this is the funniest part. The mayor of, of New York City says the city council wants to give everything away for free to the migrants. He's saying we want to make it all free. It's just that the luxury hotel space is limited. So we'll give you space. It just might not be luxury hotels because there's forty three thousand people we have to resettle. So, but 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 he keeps he keeps defending himself, reiterating. But 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 we're gonna give him everything for free. Don't worry, it's just you know it just won't be luxury. Sometimes I, this is such a stupid country. Mm-hmm. It's just a stupid country. We we don't we don't deserve what we have anymore. We really don't. And the illegals know it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, that was fast. You get swift justice if you're a conservative. The object of the FBI's obsession, Catholic pro-life activist Mark Houck. Remember him? His son was pushed, harassed by a liberal pro-abortion protester. Subjected to the typical FBI treatment they'd never subject Hunter or Joe to, namely the full on home raid courtesy of the FBI at dawn, terrifying the children and the wife as if you were some kind of common criminal. It is designed to create pictures and videos that will forever live on on the web to make sure you can't work again, even if you're not convicted, which he wasn't. Catholic pro-life activist Mark Houck was found not guilty on Monday of federal charges alleging he violated the Freedom of Access to Clinic Interest Entrances Act. Okay, keep in mind. Let's just do a little contrasting here. Priorities. Jerry's like, no, nah, I didn't. He's ruined anyway. It doesn't matter. I mean, there'll always be the visuals, the pictures for generations of his full-on FBI raid. But let's look at what the FBI is not interested in because I find that more interesting. We literally have Antifa committing white Antifa, white party, white elitist sons and daughters of Democrat politicians and rich Democrat donors setting police cars on fire in Atlanta. Attempted murder. We've never did, done anything like this, including on January 6th. We never killed anybody. We never tried to kill anybody. There were no attacks on police officers. That was a lie by the mainstream media. The only officer to die died of natural causes, Brian Sicknick, but they lied about it for three months. Try to whip up a frenzy. We have the attempted assassination by Antifa. Think about this for a minute. Of a state officer. And in response to this officer refusing to die, because that's what he did. That was his only, he refused to die at the hands of the white Antifa lunatic, Democrat, uh, jackboot thug, who simply decided out of nowhere, they shouldn't build another police building. Because the officer refused to die and his fellow officers returned fire, they decided they were going to go full-on terror attack and burn police vehicles. 
took a thousand National Guard to put them down this weekend. And they did. The National Guard did a great job. And you know why they were so successful? Because the black Democrat mayor of Atlanta, who the Democrat Party's elite white thugs thought would go along with them, said no. And he sided with white Republican Governor Brian Kemp instead. This is a remarkable story. And that led to a civil war inside the Democrat Party, which everyone on our side is missing. You should watch this. So the black Democrat mayor, who I reserve the right to, to I disagree with next week, and I probably will. So, uh-uh, no, no, no. This, th- this was domestic terrorism. He backed Kemp on the deployment of the National Guard to Atlanta to put it down. He bl- backed Kemp um, on the charges, the domestic terrorism charges, state charges. Where was the FBI? We have an attempted murder by a terrorist group o- that traveled over state lines to commit it. In a te- that is classic FBI case right there. Where's the FBI? Where are their charges? None. State had to do it. Because the FBI was too busy trying to put away pro-life activists like Mark Houck. And what did Houck do? Defended his son from another left-wing thug who wasn't charged. See how this works? It is remarkable in Atlanta the absence of the FBI. What is even more remarkable, though, again, is the black Democrat mayor of Atlanta siding with Brian Kemp and saying, no, 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 sorry, no, no. We're not going to let a bunch of elite, privileged, white terrorists come in here and tear this place up. We're not doing that. My theory on this, Atlanta has a very wealthy, very elite black upper class. They own a lot of businesses. And... You know, when, when the Democrat Party's thug leadership, the white leadership, including the number two, the whip, number two ranking member of the Democrat Party, her non-binary offspring child uh, is one of these Antifa thugs, got a police officer beat up. When the leadership of the Democrat Party, they figure that that, that this black Atlanta mayor is going to total on and fall right in line, and he didn't. He said, no, you're not coming in here and ripping up black people's business. You were not sending your black your white, privileged, elite children here to act as thugs and tear our businesses apart. You're not doing it. Can you imagine the phone calls he was getting? I know what's going on. It's black business owners. Like, are, are you seriously going to let white terrorist thug kids come in here and tear my, tear my business up? Sh- you know, shoot off fireworks, break glass, graffiti stuff, tag it. I don't want some white kid tagging my building. That's what he got. Because in Atlanta, the elites are black. They own a lot of businesses. White kids run roughshod through here. What are you talking about? That's why he did it. So this is a rejection of the Democrat Party. It's hilarious. So you can just understand. You can attempt to assassinate a law enforcement officer, block the land, take it over terrorist style, and then retaliate with terrorist attacks when you're mad the officer you tried to kill wouldn't die. And the FBI's like, shoot, that ain't no big thing. Folks, we have had over 100 pregnancy crisis centers firebombed, graffitied, some of them burnt to the ground. And after a tremendous amount of public pressure and more than a year since the first of these was destroyed, finally the FBI makes some arrests. It's only because they had to. This is the screaming face of dual justice. And folks, you know what's happening here? The FBI is such a joke 
they can't get convictions from juries anymore because their cases are so ridiculous. This is the second time this has happened. Remember the initial um, acquittal in the Russian, the uh, the Gretchen Whitmer governor fake kidnapping case where almost everybody doing the kidnapping was an FBI agent? And they recruited, recruited a, God bless him, mentally deficient individual to serve as the front page of it, the, the, the front of it, and they couldn't get a conviction. Juries are beginning to laugh at the FBI. That's how radical and wackadoodle the FBI is. And yet, the terrorists are running loose. They're running loose in Boston. They're running loose in Atlanta. And even the black Democrat mayor of Atlanta is like, no, no, we're not doing this. No, no, we're not doing this. So I guess the white Democrat jackboot thugs of Antifa are going to have to find a whiter city to burn to the ground than Atlanta. State, State Director Candace Carroll joins us uh, to talk about this House of Representatives' important first step to improve the nation's energy security. It's called the Strategic Production Response Act. Tell us about it. Are you there, Candace? Yes, Sarah. How are you this morning? There you go. Okay, Strategic Production Response Act. What's up, what's up with this in the House? Yes, yes, absolutely. So as as consumers know, right, we're all driving up and down the roads all the time. Our listeners are. We know that gas prices are continuing to really fluctuate, going super high, coming down, going back up. So this first step that Congress passed and that passed out of the House late on Friday with essentially six of the seven of our House members in South Carolina voting for it, would allow for us to tap into making sure that we have strategic reserves on hand. We know that the Biden administration has really, you know, been trying to tap into not really an all of the above um, abundance policy when it comes to energy, but as they have been, you know, really taking minimal Band-Aid type steps to putting our oil production back online. And so what this pass out of the House would do would allow for going back to that all of the above approach, saying we have these reserves here in the United States that we need to be able to tap into them to make sure that prices can continue to come down for consumers, that we can have an affordable gas price for individuals who are trying to get back and forth to work, trying to provide their, for their families, not just for you know regular gasoline, but making sure that our diesel trucks are able to access that as well to bring that cost of goods and services down across the board. So a great first step coming out of the House, going over to the Senate. Um, so we do hope that it will go to the president's desk and be able to be signed by the president, really looking at this like all of the above energy abundance approach when we're you know talking about how we can make life more affordable for Americans across the board. Okay, and um, how, how will this bring energy prices down? I mean, of course, like the more the more supply we have, right, we can we can look at those prices and say we don't need to charge three dollars and, you know, eight cents or whatever it is per gallon. But we can open up, open that up, allow for us to have more oil flowing, get more to our gas stations, and, you know, where you've got a greater supply, that price is going to naturally drop 
down um, for folks because right now it's just being pinched so tight that the that the prices, you know, are just artificially going high. And so where we can say, let's let's tap into this, let's make sure that we're not doing a band-aid approach, but we'll be very strategic about how our oil reserves are being used here in the States. I mean, at one point just a few years ago, America was one of the top oil producers across the world. Um, and then that with the shutting down of the Keystone Pipeline and losing, you know, a lot of those jobs, there was 11,000 jobs at one point. You know, we, we have just seen the squeeze on our oil industry and gas prices continuing to rise. So this this is a really good step to, to open that um, siphon back up to get more um, oil out to our to our gas stations and allow for consumers to have a decreased price when you know when they're at the pump every single day. Where where is the shutdown occurring that you keep talking about that you want to open it back up? Where where, where is the I'm where's the logjam? Because we we just had the news today, Washington Examiner, that the gasoline prices are going to go back up to four dollars a gallon by March. So where do you think the logjam is? I frankly, I think that we should reopen the the Keystone Pipeline back up um, that we saw closed just a couple of years ago. I mean, that was a massive oil production for for America, um, and I can't imagine paying over four dollars a gallon for gas again. I don't. I'm sure most drivers don't want to do that. Um, and so, what this would what this bill would allow would be for us to open back up some of those pipelines that were shut down just a few years ago, um, causing that pinch on our economy. Who sh- I'm I'm curious about this because this is an angle I haven't heard and I'm very interested because I know they're doing a lot of things I don't even know about to, to bring the price of gas up. How would this reopen the, the pipelines and who shut them down? Who's the bad guy? I mean, I think, I don't know that we could point to one particular person. I'm saying like, hey, this is, this is the bad actor in this particular right. case. But it was a decision that was made by the federal government a few years ago, right? So like you take all of that into account. Um, and and I don't know that it's one single person is solely right. at fault, but but looking at Congress as a whole for when when that was shut down. And part of it, I think, was environmental concerns. We've right. seen, you know, a massive um, push from this administration leaning into, you know, climate control. We've got to be, you know, extra careful about what we're doing to the environment. And, and it should be a yes and conversation, right? Like we need to, of course, make sure that that Americans can get to work. That gas is affordable, and really, this is hurts you know middle class and lower class families. Four dollars a gallon—that's hard for anybody. Um, but especially if you've got people who are living paycheck to paycheck, which most Americans are, unfortunately, you can't afford gas. You've got to make those hard decisions between: can I put gas in my car, or can I afford to buy you know school lunch for my kids? You know, and it's it's those trade-off conversations that that everyday Americans are having to make that Congress really needs to lean into. Of like, how can we? come together, put our political partisanship aside, and work to make life more affordable for Americans. Absolutely. I got to tell you, one thing that scares me, Candace, is what they're doing with leases right now. Because people don't realize these drilling leases, that you, you have to get the exploratory leases first to find out if there's extractable oil and natural gas. And then you get another series of leases in order to actually remove it. And so with Joe Biden taking so many of those off the table... Um, the problem is that we're not doing exploration now that we're going to need, you know, you might have a conservative Republican president in three to four years. He's not going to be able to do anything because they're going to be behind um, right, on the right. leases. Is there, and I know you have a whole um, legislative agenda for this Congress. Is there any answer to that that Congress can do? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. And, and I would love for us to be able to do some of that exploratory work down, as you mentioned, when the president takes that off, like, Congress can't do anything. The companies can't go and do anything because they're being told, like, hey, you 
you cannot act in this way right now. Um, so as you mentioned, yeah, we have a, an overall um, 2023 agenda that we're calling Dear Congress this year, and we want to see Congress work together to make life more affordable. There's a lot that they can do in this energy space that we, you know, we are very much in favor of an all-of-the-above approach um, versus like, hey, we want to just focus on oil or just focus on coal or just focus on natural gas. Like, let's open it all up um, and and do the best that we can for Americans across the board when it comes to this, having energy abundance and getting back to being a top producer um, across the world like we were previously. Um, part of that agenda also leans into getting rid of the red tape and the governmental barriers that are inhibiting, just like you mentioned here, these companies from being able to, to do some of the leasing um, that they affordably seem like they've been able to do previously. So getting getting the government out of the way, getting that red tape out of the way, um, I think is very important across the board for a number of the initiatives that we're working on this year, um, including our energy portfolio. Well, it's going to be fascinating um, to watch you guys do that as the year unfolds. Americans for Prosperity State Director, Candace Carroll, thank you so much for joining us today on 106.3 WORD. Folks, keep your eye on this. There was a time when people, right-wing, left-wing, normals, middle of the road, were afraid to leave their houses because they thought they would catch COVID and die. We now know 90% of those deaths were fake. Take it up with CNN, not me, and that it probably wasn't even, uh, didn't even reach the level of a pandemic. But you remember how thick the propaganda was? Everywhere you turn, COVID was the most serious, deathless thing, deadliest thing we've ever faced. This is, of course, before CNN admitted last week that 90% of the deaths were, were fake. They were miscoded or should have been coded as something else. Well, again, that puts it on par with a, with a bad cold year for deaths. Cold usually kills between 40 and 60,000 people a year, as COVID did in this country. So, um, you know, not too far off that uh, and not even I mean, debatably a pandemic. But that would have been unthinkable to say that back then. I would have been absolutely pilloried. Well, here's what's unthinkable to say now because everybody says something different. The media, the deep state, the Pentagon, Fox News, to CNN, much like during the um, lead up to COVID, wants you to know that Russia is losing in Ukraine. Seems like pretty definite. You know, like it once seemed that COVID was a pandemic or that the shot worked. Or that this was the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Or that um, there was Russia collusion. Or that there were Russian bots. Or that there was Russian information, uh, Russian influence on our elections. All those things were fake. But at one time, you'd say them, you'd, you'd say that was not true and you'd sound crazy. So look, I get it right now when I say Russia is winning in Ukraine. And it's not even close. And the American people, and most especially the left, are being tricked into this idea by our elites Look, Russia is on the skids, man. All we got to do is go in there and, and miss some Patriot miss a couple of missiles, maybe some long-range ones. We'll get some of those. And we just finish Russia off. It'll be easy. Say the same people who spent 19 years in Afghanistan. That's lost to the Taliban. A foe that last time I checked did not have nuclear weapons and barely had missiles. 
Anyway, we're going to get into this tomorrow. There is an interview with an Australian aid worker who is pro-Ukraine, virulently anti-Russian, who just did a podcast trying to tell the world, listen, <laughs> this whole lie by your Pentagon that Russia is losing, Russia is not losing. They are crushing the opposition in Ukraine. You go in there, you're going to have a massive land war. And the problem is this is beginning to trick the left, much as the COVID propaganda did and the Russian disinformation propaganda and the Russian bots and the Russian election interference. None of that happened. It was all fake. But I want you to remember what it was like at the time. This is what they're doing to trick us into World War III right now. And the left is falling for it. The Daily Beast printed an absolutely terrifying editorial the other, the earlier in the week saying um, that we need to go ahead and finish off Russia because they're losing. That's a lie. Um, he, just, he probably doesn't even know it. And that don't even worry, Russia will not escalate this war if it gets cornered by us. They, they won't. If they were going to use nukes, they would have done it already. Yeah. Oh, and they totally won't fight back if we go in, he says. Because they don't want to end up in a conflict with NATO. So they're, they're not going to fight back. We can just go in and, and stomp them in a ground war. Because they're losing. But they're not losing. The Ukrainian troop losses are devastating. The desertion by Ukrainian troops, almost thorough. Russia is stomping through Ukraine. And we do not need to go in there. We do not need to go in there and get in the middle of an ethnic conflict. Folks, this idea that the New York Times is floating of, hey, let's just, we're going to go in there in the spring, we're going to like liberate Crimea. Y'all, there will be Crimea residents fighting on the sides of Russians. They don't want to be liberated. That area is ethnically Russian. It was part of Russia for centuries. They had a vote. Americans don't know this. Um, and they voted overwhelmingly to be a part of Russia because they were tired of the Ukrainian government persecuting them. Americans don't know this. So the New York Times like, yeah, we got to like go free Crimea. We're going to do it in the spring. It's going to be fun. It'll be easy. That's a lie. And... I, I, you know, I've been putting these things out on Twitter and I get attacked by the professional left. So anybody questioning anything less than, and I'm talking about Daily Beast, y'all, is advocating for World War III. So is the New York Times. Well, they probably won't uh, retaliate. And what's really scary is I saw a Republican congressman on with Todd Pyro the other day, Republican congressman. And he was saying the same thing. Pyro asked him, like, you know, isn't this kind of dangerous? Could we like end up in a war with Russia? And he said, well, yeah, there is some risk, but it'll probably be okay. Russia doesn't want World War III, and it'll be okay. They don't have a good answer for this. And I'm afraid that these Congress members, including conservative ones, including Republican ones, are falling for this lie that Russia is weak and losing and we should strike back. That's the big lie right now. And I know it seems like it's not because everybody's reporting the opposite, but that is always how it is with their big narratives. And I'm afraid the trick is, hey, let's just sneak over in a World War III. By the way, to their credit, the Wall Street Journal actually pushed back on this narrative because they know it's a lie. They've got great international coverage uh, the other day saying, hey, you know what? America might not find it as easy to defeat Russia as they think. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin, who has no... Um, lack of forces. He's just been gentle. Has now said he's calling up 200,000 more troops. You want to walk into that? 
Just walk right in the middle of it, see how it goes. We'll totally win. Don't worry. Don't ask questions. If you ask questions, you get attacked, not by Russian bots, but by left-wingers. Don't speak of that, Putin, Putin, uh, puppet, Putin, puppet. No, we can, yeah, we'll defeat him. It'll be fine. Shut up. No, World War III, no, it's not happening. Well, how do you know? I don't know. Shut up. Folks, this is the new big narrative. Watch this. Watch out. This is incredibly dangerous, and it's a lie. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 